Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Thank you so much, Johanna, and thank you everyone for being here. Yeah, uh, Johanna is correct. Uh, the two teachings for this week, the new Jesus was, uh, you have, you you are born with software, and the software runs every day for selfishness, for seek pleasure and avoid pain. So you don't have to try to live that way. Uh, that is built into you, and it wars every day against another software program that we are born with and have running every day, which is to prioritize relationships and love. And so every day is sort of, okay, which one of those am I going to choose today? And a hundred times today, uh, you know, when it comes to... Um, taking out the garbage, uh, traffic, what I do at work, how I treat people, uh, what I do in the dark when nobody can see, all, all of that is, is relevant to what are you choosing. And, and, and I would say it's not even up, up to you. It's not your responsibility to do right and not do wrong. I don't think you can. Now, you can some, but not, you, you can't do it to the degree that you need to. Um, so, and it's not about that. It's about you choosing in your heart that my intention, the thing I want most is to live in love, prioritize relationships, etc. I'm trying to do that. I mess up every single day, but that's what, that's my intention. Okay? And then, um, on um, deep water, we talked about when tragedy strikes. And uh, five to 15 times in a lifetime, typically, tragedy strikes an average person. For some people, it's way more than 15 because of where they're born and the family they're born into. Sometimes you're in a war zone. 
Sometimes there's nothing to eat. Sometimes there's, uh, you're in unsafe conditions. But for the average person, five to 15 times in a lifetime. And I've referenced before the wonderful work of Dr. Reiki Hamer from a medical doctor from Germany who took 6,500 last stage cancer patients, treated them, and had over 6,000 of them recover and survive. And uh, he said he did it based on his theory of where illness and disease comes from in the first place. And that is, it comes from a conflict shock experience, a tragedy, a major trauma. And that when you have these 5 to 15 tragedies, traumas in your life, a lesion, literally a physical lesion, forms somewhere on your brain. And wherever the lesion forms, that's where you're going to break. For me, it was acid reflux. For Hope, it was depression. For Dr. Ben, it was ALS. It's different for different people. But it's not... It's not if you'll break, it's when you'll break. So those are the two things we talked about this week, is um, when tragedy strikes, how do you not get taken down for the count to the point that you really never bounce completely back versus that tragedy being something that literally becomes a power source in your life that takes you to the next higher level of your life which is, I believe, how we're supposed to deal with those things, even though it's hard, difficult, and painful. So those are the two topics, but, uh, you know, we can discuss uh, other things uh, if, if, if you'd like. So that's it for me, Johanna.
mean, um, when I was probably four or five, maybe younger, and um, and the feeling was very much uh, unfair because she was just the perfect child. Um, <laughs> you had one of those too, huh? <laughs> oh, I did, yes, I did, and I was the exact opposite. And then my younger, older brother and then my younger brother come in, the feeling was my mother wanted all them, and it was unfair that she didn't want me. Mm. And so I healed on that, and afterwards I was at my computer, and I got up and I came into the kitchen. And it, the feeling was like my lungs expanded. Ah, yeah. Uh, and I felt like I stood straight, and I thought, oh, you know, that was interesting. And because I went back to that time in my life, um, later in the day, I thought, oh, I wonder whether when my younger brother come and told me that he had set fire to the house was a shock. Mm. And so I then took the trilogy again, and I healed on the specific memory of him telling me that he had started a fire and the specific memory of going into the house and seeing the fire. Mm. But in that memory also, I had to run because we were at the neighbor's house and he had gone home. And it was probably 50 meters from where I was when he told us to where we ran. And then after we entered the house and I realized as a four-year-old, no, I couldn't do anything about it. We then ran... Uh, there was a, a, a college campus, so the road was not like traffic. We then ran in the other direction. And so I also healed on that memory of running. And as I healed on that, another memory came in when my son was 22. He took his father's supercar out for a test day and he crashed it. Oh, wow. Even though I don't have it. Yeah, and even though I don't have a physical memory, I saw him do it. And again, I ran. I had to run from where I was to where the accident was, and I struggled to run. Ah. And um, so I, 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 I started to put healing into that. And what I sort of, and I will continue to heal on this, is you talk about you lose your breath and I'm not an unfit person that when I walk um, I will puff yeah and husband will still look at me and say you're unfit and I go I don't know why I'm puffing yeah and I think it's these memories right that have created that stress in in my uh, lung area yeah ab ab absolutely uh, stress I mean we absolutely know that it decreases oxygenation in your blood, which decreases your breath. Plus, um, when we become stressed, we tend to start breathing out of our chest rather than our diaphragm. So it, it's, it's, it's several different ways that we become less oxygenated, shallower breaths, and even breathing from a different place. Yeah, well, I struggled to do the breathing into the into the diaphragm, and mm -hmm. the best way for me to do it is lying on my back to do it. But there are times when I'm breathing into my stomach, I almost feel like my body is fighting me and wanting to breathe into the chest, not into the stomach. Yeah, right. So I'm just... And the other thing, other question I would 
feels that they are feeling that you wouldn't want to feel again, as a, the feeling of shock, would that be something also to heal? I never want to feel this again. Well, I think it. This is the most painful memory. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a little bit individual. Like um, the biggest, the biggest traumas I've had in my life, I would not want to pray that I don't feel that again. I would want to pray that if I feel it again, let it be transformed and um, take me up significantly higher than I am in my life now. And anytime any tragedy like that happens, let me go through it in love so that it does take me higher every time that happens in my life um, because you know all day long and all through our lives so many things are a negotiation you know well I'll pay this much for a house but not that much I'll exercise this much and this type of exercise but I don't like to do this type etc um, our, our job. I'll work for this much, but not for that much. I'll work until this time of day, but I won't work later. Well, um, in a way, this is a negotiation too. The tragedies are going to happen. You can't prevent them. And I, I, I would even say, if you're on your deathbed, you don't have a guarantee that another tragedy might occur before you're, you leave this earth. We just have no control over that. So, um, anything in my life that floats up all boats, anything in my life that takes me to a higher place where I am more enlightened, I am wiser, I am more living in love and joy and peace in the present moment, man, anything that does that, that is a good negotiation for me. So, even if it is another tragedy and I feel that horrible thing, if, if the end result of that is taking me up to a higher place in my life that I can't just get through very, to very easily from normal conditions, then I would say that's worth it for me. But I think every person probably has to answer that for themselves. And, and I would say someone who's been through something... Um, like the tragic death of a child, I can absolutely see how that person would say, no, my, my choice is never to feel that again. And I, I would totally understand that. Now, they don't have any control over that. But, but, you know, I can certainly see how that would be their desire. That's not mine. Mine is, if it happens again to me, let it take me up higher. Yeah. Uh, I, I've done the one, but I, because they're in the office becoming, I haven't got back to doing it. But what I have done is there is a prayer that you put in there. Yeah. You say that you ask God to take this pain away. Right. That if it's not what's best for me, yeah. Um, use it to create something positive in my life. Yeah. Uh, use it to teach me to be a better person, to raise me up, and to create more love in me. Well, I've started to add that. Yeah. I, I pray that every time. Into Oh, 
um, but I've always felt that it was a good thing because you're talking that these things, when they go wrong, they go wrong very quickly. Yeah. And, you know, 22, you think you're bulletproof. Mm-hmm. Some people, um, their desire is never go through that again. For others, okay, I'll go through it again if it can help transform me to a better and better and better person. But none of us have control over those things. So what we desire is, you know, fine to desire that, but that may not remotely be what happens. And, and the key is whatever happens... Dealing with it in love versus dealing with it in fear. So I just want to say thank you for these um, new Jesus ones. Um, I really do find them very helpful. I listen to them and re-listen to them. Well, um, I think there's still a part of me that's trying to feel I have to be good. Before I yeah. Grace, but, hey, me too. Um, me too. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I have that thought at least once a day. I really do. And I've been teaching something else for over 20 years and I still have that thought at least once a day. It's amazing. But but okay. but my pleasure. You're very welcome. Thank you. All right, Johanna. Thank you.